So today I'd like uh, to talk about safety aspects as uh, relating uh, to microscopy and specifically I'd like uh, to talk about uh, safety aspects when uh, collecting and also growing microorganisms that you would like to put under your microscope. So hello and welcome again, uh, Microbe Hunter here. My name is Oliver and uh, today I want uh, to talk about some safety aspects uh, concerning microscopy. Of course, I do not want to talk about the danger of cutting yourself uh, with a sharp knife when you prepare specimens. I mean, this is a very well-known danger, of course. Um, and I also do not want to talk um, about uh, the possibility or the dangers of, of inhaling, let's say, certain hazardous substances when you're preparing microscope slides. I mean, there are plenty of solvents um, that can, or stains even that are used in microscopy. No, um, these are not the topics, um, um, even though I think they're also important. Uh, but uh, rather, I'd like to talk about uh, the issue about uh, growing uh, microorganisms or simply collecting microorganisms for um, microscopy. And uh, I would like uh, to start off uh, with uh, a little story here. <laughs> it's not a story, it's actually something that really happened. Um, because uh, many years ago I was uh, yeah, doing microbiological work um, at a university. I was working for my master's thesis and my task was uh, the identification of bacteria. So we collected bacteria and uh, my job was now to do um, a whole range of biochemical tests um, on those bacteria to determine what they are. And uh, yeah, so I had to grow them. I had to grow them in flasks, in liquid culture medium. I was also growing them on agar plates. And um, yeah, um, hundreds of them, <laughs> really. Um, and uh, those bacteria, of course, I did not know what they were. That was the whole point of my of my thesis is to figure out uh, what are they, and uh, I was therefore growing unknown uh, bacteria in yeah, liquid medium and also on petri dishes, and uh, yeah we also had an inspection a safety inspection um, once, uh, so the guy came in into our lab and he looked um, at all of the petri dishes standing there on our tables and he was really really unhappy about this and he said he said come on guys. Uh, you're you're working in an elevated biohazard category, biohazard category two. There are four categories, um, and the four is is a very dangerous one where you have to work in in spacesuits almost. Yeah, and uh, category one is is totally uh, yeah, it's not dangerous. Um, but because we were working with unknown bacteria, this was an elevated safety category of biohazard level two. And, uh, yeah, we were just working there in regular lab coats and so on. So, yeah, and of course we were using gloves and, and so on. But, um, in order to grow unknown, uh, microorganisms, unknown bacteria, uh, this, um, you had to be an authorized lab. You cannot simply do this, uh, yeah, in any lab, but you had to be an, an authorized lab. And, uh, of course there were also those inspections. And uh, you see that uh, issues like this, uh, these are taken seriously. And uh, so he, uh, the guy kind of advised us on all safety issues um, that we had to take care of. And um, now what happens now when, for example, when um, I turn on uh, the computer and watch some YouTube videos, um, occasionally I do see people um, who are growing um, their own microorganisms, their own bacteria on petri dishes at home. And what they sometimes are doing is, is um, it's a nice demonstration, really. They're making their own agar plates. 
using a growth medium or you can even buy them over Amazon. And then there are people are making fingerprints and those fingerprints, uh, um, kind of, you can then see if the bacteria on your finger, then those bacteria transferred, um, on the agar plate. So you're kind of pressing your thumb against the nutrient medium in the agar plate. And, uh, after a couple of days, you're going to see that uh, there are bacterial colonies growing, um, on the plate. Um, and uh, each colony contains billions of bacteria. And this kind of shows um, how many bacteria there are on your skin. So it's, it's a nice demonstration um, activity that sometimes uh, people do. But when, every time when I see this on YouTube, I'm not really happy because um, you're doing this at home. Actually, you have to be an authorized lab to uh, be to do that. And, and the second thing that I'm a little bit con more concerned about is, I mean, you are actually growing bacteria that have the potential to grow on your skin and these are potentially pathogenic it means disease causing bacteria and uh, not only that but you're also growing them to extremely extremely high concentrations like concentrations which you normally naturally would probably rarely find in the environment and uh, this is of course a combination of factors that um, i would consider already problematic First of all, the high concentration, and number two, the type of bacteria um, which have the possibility to grow on the human body. And for this reason, um, I would uh, not advise uh, people to actually grow their own uh, bacteria, especially if they're isolated from your own skin, um, at home. <clears throat> now, how, how is the situation now if, uh, for example, you want to observe some microorganisms that you've, um, let's say, isolated from a home aquarium? I mean, there's many people have a home aquarium and, uh, there are some algae maybe growing on the, on the glass, um, or maybe on the, yeah, of, of the aquarium or maybe, um, in the sediment. And uh, wouldn't this be interesting to put under the microscope? And I would say, of course, <laughs> by all means do that. Yeah. Um, but you have to understand that the microorganisms that grow there, um, you have not isolated uh, from human skin. Um, and also the concentration is uh, you know, much lower than, for example, when you grow them on an agar plate. So I would say that uh, I'm not saying it's, it's completely free of problems. <laughs> I still would not eat uh, those things. And I would also take care that I do not have any wound or any cut in the skin before touching it. But generally, um, I would say that this is not uh, as big of a problem as growing microorganisms, uh, bacteria, uh, which have uh, the possibility to grow and inhabit the human body okay um, so this is one thing and number two is uh, when you isolate uh, for example microorganisms from a pond or a river um, where people are also swimming and if it's clean enough to swim and maybe you scratch some of uh, the material off uh, from the surface then i would also say that this is of course less of a problem uh, than for example if you are to put polluted water or sewage water um, under the microscope um where you, it's clear that there are many bacteria in there that actually come from the human body, from the human digestive system. Yeah, after all, it's sewage water. Yeah. So um, what I'm trying to say here is, is uh, that uh, both concentration and uh, type of bacteria do play um, do play an important uh, um, role here, and um, you should take this, of course, into consideration. Why am I saying this? Because um, occasionally I um, get emails from people who've collected uh, some water samples, uh, let's say from a local pond or river, and yeah, and it's a reasonably clean pond or river, and then they're kind of worried um, with. Uh, 
yeah, that they have now microorganisms in the jar. And then they ask me, okay, is this dangerous now? And I'm saying, well, if it's in a jar and if it's not decomposing or breaking down or anything, it's not probably not more or less dangerous uh, than, let's say, taking a bath, <laughs> taking a bath in that pond, right? Because when you're taking a bath, you're also exposed uh, to the very uh, microorganisms. There are, however, some ponds uh, that are so polluted or that are extremely rich in so-called cyanobacteria. And cyanobacteria are uh, what used to be known as the so-called blue-green algae. And uh, some of them uh, actually do produce quite potent toxins. Um, and yeah, so you wouldn't take a bath in those uh, ponds anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, or for example, if there are lots of birds um, in, in a pond and if the birds pollute the water. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's salmonella possibly there, yeah, salmonella bacteria. It's also not something that I would like uh, uh, to get in contact with. So what I'm trying to say here is, is um, um, a little bit of common sense, of course, also plays a role here. If the water is uh, sufficiently clean uh, to have a swim, then I would, of course, be less concerned than if the water, of course, is polluted. Um, so this is also something that I also then transfer then to the to my microscopy work at home if I have a job with a relatively fresh and clean pond water and and many water fleas and algae which uh, um, many water fleas which uh, eat uh, bacteria and paramecia that also remove bacteria and the bacterial concentration is low then of course um, I'm uh, it's a different thing than if uh, you know it, it's a smelly <laughs> water from from a quite a dirty pond obviously yeah? so uh, what I'm trying to say here is is that you cannot uh, you cannot uh, generalize this um, but um, as I mentioned already before, the type uh, um, of uh, microorganisms that are there and also the concentration both play a very um, important role. Now, um, occasionally you can uh, read online or yeah, your videos where people suggest uh, the so-called the making of a so-called a hay infusion. This is, uh, I think in the 19th century, people used to do this quite a lot. You take some dried grass and you put it uh, into a jar with a little bit of water and uh, then you wait for a few days and uh, the first thing that's going to happen is, is that the color the water changes its color turns brownish greenish and then it starts to turn turbid and cloudy and this is a sign of a lot of bacterial and microbial growth and um, people in the past in the 19th century they put this under the microscope and they were able to see a lot of different microorganisms there and this is not something that i recommend because um, indeed uh, the bacterial concentration is very high here and you you do not know what you're really growing now i know that i just said well those bacteria are, are not from the human skin and so on but still um, i think it is not necessary uh, to do that and because the amount is uh, quite high that you have and um, some people um, say now okay i want to dispose of this and then they're dumping it in the toilet and then you have uh, the formation of aerosols you know they're little small droplets so the, all of the bacteria actually spread through the air and what you can do or what some people think that they can do is to say okay i'm going to drop a little bit of alcohol uh, disinfecting uh, it into the into the liquid but if you do that uh, you should know that of course uh, the alcohol becomes diluted very quickly so you have to use actually a fairly large amount of alcohol um and uh, or you use uh, some kind of a chlorine disinfectant which is, by the way is also not uh, the very best for the environment because of chlorine uh, but uh, yeah i just wanted to make it clear here that uh, um, this is also disposing of this is then also um, i wouldn't say a, a big problem but something that you might uh, 
yeah, take into consideration that if you just pour it into the toilet or somewhere, I mean, you've got a little, um, yeah, droplets forming that, uh, with bacteria that you're going to inhale. So it is not something that I, I generally, um, uh, would recommend doing. And so these hay infusions, I personally also think, um, are not always the most interesting ones because uh, they contain a lot of bacteria. Um, and, uh, actually paramecia you won't find in there because paramecia are not able um, to survive uh, dryness. They do not form cysts um, that are able to survive dryness. So I just want to s- discourage uh, people of actually uh, yeah, using hay infusions. Now, if you want uh, to use uh, safe uh, microorganisms um, for observation, then I highly re- recommend um, that you use uh, those bacteria and fungi which you can eat. Yes, um, and I'm not talking, um, obviously it's not spoiling of food. You cannot eat those. It's very dangerous as a matter of fact, um, because those uh, microorganisms can form toxins and can make you ill. If you eat, for example, moldy food, but you can, for example, buy yourself some cheese that contains a mold on the surface. And, uh, this is mold that has been added, uh, by the manufacturer of the cheese. And um, it's something that you can put under the microscope, especially when you want to do microscopy with children. Um, then this is something that I recommend. Or if you want to observe bacteria instead of spoiling food, um, I highly recommend that you use yogurt bacteria. And you can even buy freeze-dried yogurt bacterial cultures, let's say over Amazon or so. Um, and uh, this is uh, then safe for observing. After all, <laughs> safe enough to eat, right? Um, yeah, so fun. Or for example, yeast um, is a- another example of, of, of a fungus uh, that you can. Baker's yeast is used for cooking. So um, I'm I'm trying to make it clear here that there are many safe sources also available, um, which does not make it necessary to to grow microorganisms um, at home. Now, uh, what I have uh, done already, of course, uh, also if you watch some of my YouTube videos, I've been enriching paramecia quite frequently. So I take a, a water sample with some algae in it and I add a crushed wheat grain. Um, and uh, when you do that, then after about three or four days, a lot of paramecia will, can be found there. Because the wheat grains uh, serve as a food source uh, for bacteria and then the paramecia will eat the bacteria and then you also have a lot of paramecia there. Now, um, when you do things like this, then make sure that the oxygen concentration stays high. Uh, and the reason why this is so important is, is because otherwise bacteria are going to increase too rapidly. Paramecia and other ciliates require a lot of oxygen and uh, if the oxygen concentration drops um, and if the bacterial concentration increases too quickly, um, then the paramecia are going to die off and they're also not able to keep the bacterial concentration low. And uh, for this reason, I encourage you that you do not put the jar into the bright sunlight where it's going to heat up and then this drives out the oxygen again, uh, but keep it uh, rather in a bright place so that any algae that can be found in there actually do photosynthesis and produce oxygen and then all the paramecia have an easier time growing, which keep the bacterial count low. Uh, because that's actually what you want. You, you want to keep the bacterial count as, as, as low as possible. And uh, as soon as um, a yeah a jar with water sample starts smelling, maybe it smells a little bit foul, or it smells a little bit like sulfur, then you know that um, the sample has become anaerobic and decomposition started. Uh, because of the bacteria and that's something that you should of, should of course avoid because every time when you have bacteria increasing in number you really don't know what you're 
growing so much, right? Um, are they any are they dangerous or not? <laughs> yeah, you don't know. Um, I remember that um, when we had this uh, inspection that I talked about uh, a couple of minutes ago, then I asked the the, the guy and um, he says, "Well, why is it? Why why do you assume that they are dangerous? You know, I mean, um, we isolated them from from a natural environment and not from the human body. So why do you assume that they are dangerous?" Right, and then he basically he responded like this: "Why do you assume that they're not dangerous? You know, you don't know what you're growing, really." And he's actually correct because we were growing those um, bacteria in flasks if liquid nutrient medium, <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, in the lab things can happen where you drop a flask and then you have um, microscopic droplets of bacteria flying around the lab, and uh, you know we inhale them and we actually don't know what they are. And uh, that is um, the the issue that we yeah, have to be simply aware of here. Yeah. So in summary, um, use your common sense a little bit. Uh, have a um, healthy, uh, yeah, healthy. How do you call this? Uh, be cautious. <laughs> a healthy amount of cautiousness, um, but don't be overly paranoid. Um, but um, try to keep. Uh, the concentration low and do not deliberately um, grow bacteria from your skin or do also not uh, decompose let's say food material like meat or so um, it's not a good idea also avoid uh, sewage water um, some people yeah want to observe this as well it, no it, come on uh, microscopy is a hobby um, and what we want is we want to use safe sources and there are plenty of safe sources um, around uh, in any case yeah but uh, I'm going to leave it at that uh, I hope it was interesting for you um, leave comments behind please uh, and uh, yeah bye bye see you around next time and happy microbe hunting as always bye bye